Welcome to On the Up and Up. I'm your host, Kira LaForgia, and every week I'm bringing you behind the scenes of running a successful business. Join me while we laugh, learn, and connect on mostly HR inappropriate topics with successful founders, diverse leaders, and kick-ass employees. It's true, your HR lady may have fired your bestie or made you sign a love contract, but we also have all the hot gossip that will make you better at your job. Whether you're on your way up the corporate ladder, are a fellow HR villain, or are building a culture as a rising entrepreneur. Welcome to On the Up and Up, Kylie. I am just so happy to be here. Thank you, Kira. (laughs) (laughs) So for anyone that's listening to this, just know that we're sitting at my desk, huddled around my microphone. It's an Arctic in here. It's literally 70 degrees. Whoever said San Diego is warm is a liar. It has been super freezing, actually, really cold lately. Um, But Kylie's here for our, we do some team building in person each week. She lives in Florida now. And so basically, I thought we'd just start out with, why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you became to be uh, a paradigm's other face? (laughs) So it all started whenever I was not job searching. (laughs) I... (laughs) All right, so how I became Paradigm's employee, I was, I'd been working for a university, I worked my way up from a financial advisor to a manager, and I was working the night shift, life was pretty rough, I had just had my second kiddo, I was working till 9 o'clock at night, and then I, COVID hit, lost my job, um, finished up my master's in HR, and I was trying to find a job during COVID, working from home in the HR spectrum with not a ton of HR experience, even though we all know if you have management experience, you are probably a better HR person than most. Um, So I had no luck at the very beginning of COVID and I ended up opening up my own little coffee shop online and like selling coffee, shipping it out and had a whole like mission behind it and had a lot of fun, but it was not my long-term goal. I knew I wanted to get into HR and I just had given up hope trying to find anything. So I was laying in bed one night on vacation and I had indeed pop up with a job opportunity and it said paradigm business consulting i think it was and it had this really intriguing mission vision values that just resonated with me in a way that no job had and i was not looking for a job i just (laughs) (laughs) started reading and i'm like i absolutely have to apply my resume was not up to date any longer Um, I remember I went in and I applied and I told Kira, I'm the worst. I don't have an updated resume, but please interview me. And (laughs) next thing I know, I'm working with Kira. Oh, really? Just like that. (laughs) (laughs) So the funny thing was we had, she's not selling herself very well right now. Um, (laughs) but she, we had 300 applications for this position and it was like blatant and like abrupt and my, their values were front and center. We, I, put, you know, we believe in science, Black Lives Matter, all of that good stuff. And this was in 2021. So it was really important to me that we were finding people that were aligned with all of those values, especially bringing on my first employee for my own business, even though I'd hired so many other people. So Kylie sent me a message and it was through Indeed. And I guess it was like, I'm on vacation, so I don't have anything with me, but I need to apply for this job. And then 
I decided to, because she was so passionate about our mission and she wrote a really well-worded statement, like, <laughs> I still have a screenshot of it. And I, which I we could totally share on social, oh, like, when God. this post, when this episode goes live. But it was really cool because I felt so connected to so many of our applicants. And so it was very competitive. And I really, I really wanted to hire with diversity. <laughs> um, I really wanted to provide a job because so many people in the... Like people of color and people in marginalized communities were struggling even more during COVID. So it was kind of a bummer that Kylie was just like another white girl like me, but here we are. Um, But it was just such a good aligned, perfect fit. There was a lot of trust and I really wanted to prioritize that for my first employee for my own business because it was scared shitless, you know, like taking this step, becoming a real business. Like it's, I talk about it a lot on the podcast and Kylie's heard me tell the story a lot, but even though we're always here, like rooting for our clients and cheering them on. And, you know, the podcast is, I probably sound like I know what I'm doing and I'm so confident or something (laughs) because there's so much experience behind it, but it's scary when it's your own thing. And so I really wanted it to feel, and I had so many great candidates, but I remember talking to Meg and being like, I don't know, there's just something about the way that Kylie resonated with our values and how we got along. And, you know, I did a whole bunch of interviews. And so it was, it was tough to choose, uh, but it also wasn't. And I think once I let, like, gave myself permission to, like, go with what felt comfortable in this case, um, it was an easy choice to make. And so Kylie, also another thing that I think a lot of people might ask about, and I always tell your story here too, but... I'd love for you to kind of expand on it a little bit is that you were, you did have your own business. You were selling coffee and it was mission driven, Mm -hmm. but you also were consulting. Mm -hmm. And that was a sticking point for me that I did not want someone that wanted to be an entrepreneur in this space because I know that what we're building is so innovative and I didn't want to worry about basically my shit getting stolen. So do you remember those conversations? I don't really know if I remember them exactly, but I remember thinking, oh, she wants, I kind of wrote her off. Like, oh, well, she consults. Like, mm-hmm. she's just going to take all my genius ideas and, like, steal them. Yep. I do remember <laughs> that because I was sitting at, the, we, I was on vacation and we, I'm on my phone on, like, a Zoom call, which I was never really on Zoom. I was always over the phone doing consulting. And you're like, we connected and like everything was great and we're laughing and then you're like, well, this is going so well, but you are an HR consultant and that's not going to mesh with my business because I'm changing can... shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so would you like quit doing that and come work for me? And I'm like sitting there thinking to myself, absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to own my own business. I know the nuances and all the things that come along with that. And it was a lot and I gave it up immediately um i stopped working with the two companies that i was with and had no problem jumping on ship with paradigm because of the job description i mean it the job posting it sold me so like time and time again like i will always never forget that the job posting was just such a whoa moment for me and i have never aligned with a job so much um even though i didn't have a lot of marketing experience like i was like i can do marketing operations hr Mm -hmm. assisting like it was it was just like i knew that even if i didn't know it i was going to be able to figure it out because i was going to work for a company where i'm like i am fully bought into the mission before i even started working with you it's cool. And I mean, I'm not saying all that, like, wanting you to talk about this because I want to, like, toot my own horn or anything, but... She's great at writing, Mom. <laughs> but this is the thing, like, when you... 
there's a lot of people that probably saw that job description and were like, screw that. Yeah. Like, I don't want anything to do with her. I don't, or that business. I don't want anything to do with this, the mentality. I don't care about working for a company that has a when's happy hour book on their (laughs) main page of their website, you know, and... But I knew that there were going to be people that that did. And it's sort of meta because mm-hmm. that's what we do with our clients. And I think, you know, now I'm like, that's so cool that, like, you know the power of, like, what a real job posting can do for a company to find an aligned person. Yeah. Because you were that person. I was that person. And yeah. I don't know that there's very many companies out there that could say that we're helping all these powerhouse people do this with the person that was affected by the original thing. <laughs> Like, the most. And, like, oh, God, it's so crazy. But it is. I mean, when you put it out there like that, and then, you're, you know, you're saying we, we you're going to get all these people who might be like, screw this. That's good. You don't want them to come on to the company, you know, come into your company and not be bought in. So it was powerful. It was awesome. And here I am a year and a half later sitting in your <laughs> office with you in Dixie. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I think there's definitely, like, a lot of positive things that come from this. People always say, like, I just want to find someone like Kylie. And (laughs) to that I say, Kylie was a lot of work. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Kylie's exhausting. No, it was was a really great match. So I think also being an experienced manager and having – being – I'm really – really wanted to be intentional about how I built this team and how I built this business because I do have so much experience working in places that are not great and Mm -hmm. um, also great ones or businesses that develop into great businesses to work for. And so being able to have someone that I could be super honest with and open with and also there was a lot of alignment in our plans for growth. So I remember you telling me that you were home with the kids and you decided to take a break from looking for a job for a while. I mean, who knows how true that is after what you said earlier. But um, I was not looking, okay? <laughs> you know, sometimes it's not always about the journey. It's about the destination. But, um, so, but I remember you saying, like, yeah, I just know that in a year I'll be one – I will want to be a f- in full-time work. And mm-hmm. for now, part-time feels great for, yeah. like, the role I want to play with my kids. Can you talk about having that conversation and, like, kind of what that experience was like? in, you know, kind of the development of your career and what worked for you or what didn't, I guess, over, I don't know if there were, you can say it, I don't care, but if there were things that were like, wait, I don't know if this is going to work for me in the long run, or I don't know if this is moving as fast or whatever. Yeah, I can remember, I mean, I still had started up my own coffee company, right? So like, I knew I still had that on the side. I had two kiddos at home who were being homeschooled, well, not homeschooled, but like COVID was a thing. So you know, I had kindergarten at home for a good bit of the time. And I had a two-year-old, one-year-old at the time. And so part-time was just like really aligned. But in the same breath, like I knew that I wanted a career. I had a career before COVID and I had just kind of gotten into it. I had just finished up my master's and I knew like, I want to commit to something that I can long-term be with and help grow a company like I had my own you know having the own having my own coffee business like I I knew that I didn't want to do it alone and I knew that I didn't want to be the person running the show like you do (laughs) (laughs) so I decided that working with you (laughs) under you was super impactful and being able to start out part-time and I guess 
learn a whole new world was super helpful in the sense of like, I still had a really great work-life balance. There was a lot of flexibility. There was a lot of like understanding of I'm going to show up for three to four hours a day and you're going to learn it. You're going to do it. And then, you know, over time, you just kind of grow into the position that you're in now, which is a full-time salaried employee, which truthfully, like people ask me all the time, like, what's your most rewarding moment in business? And it wasn't starting a business. It wasn't hiring my first employee. Like none of that feels as rewarding to me as like being able to have a salary, full-time salaried employee. Like that was so cool. Like, thank you for being that person for me. Thanks for paying me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why you're being tortured and having to do this podcast. (laughs) Literally, I'm here like, well... But it was, you know, I think that's, that was part of it is that I knew that there was going to be growth, but we were a baby company and I hired a lot sooner because I did have a job. And so I don't have the space to bootstrap it as much. And there was definitely like a lot of intention behind it. Like I grew out of my contractor fairly quickly because I just needed more and the company was growing. And so it was really like, I think the main thing from this part of the conversation is just, you don't you don't have to build the position that's perfect in a year. Like you can build a position that's perfect for you now, but then you can also find a person that might work with that person, that position, what it'll look like in a year. And it goes with your growth plan. Like people Mm -hmm. can still grow with you. Um, And it doesn't, and it can work out really great. And there can be lots of, but we had a lot of communication. Like I'm like, are you feeling fulfilled? Like, is this super boring for you? (laughs) Like, you know? Yeah, we did. And we were, I mean, we kind of set a goal of like, this is what we'd like it to be. Like, let's shoot for September of Mm -hmm. this year for you to be salaried. Like, I think you were probably internally like, shit, like, (laughs) like, oh my God. Cause you know, that's a huge moment. But for me, it felt good because it was like, I knew that regardless we were figuring it out together and we knew like I could see the business growing and I knew that like this was a great goal for us to hopefully get to um yeah yeah and I think there was a lot of I mean I think that really made me feel motivated to plan for that because it does kind of push you when you you know after six months or so I'm like oh gosh like this is a great investment like Kylie's a great investment there's so much knowledge that she brings to the table aligned education like willingness to get in the weeds of certain things like the mission and like the values and just like the chemistry and all of that the dedication and commitment there's a lot of trust So I think for that to build over the first six months and then after that, I was like, I got to make sure that you know that I'm invested in this. But I also didn't want to be putting the company in a position to like be in a bad spot. So I wanted to be super open without making you feel like, you know, burdened by my responsibility. Yeah. And so I knew that a year, like we probably could have had you on salary earlier and we could have had you like with different benefits and things like that sooner. But I I am very conservative and you've learned Mm -hmm. that over time. And I wanted to make sure that when you made that commitment, you knew that I was going to make sure that you always had what you needed regardless of what was going on in the business. And of course it's, it's when you make an investment in anything, but especially in a person, yeah the business shows results right away. And I think, I don't know what that was like for you to be like, I hope it wasn't like, oh my God, all this pressure. Like, I hope it was a moment of celebration. Like, oh, look what I earned and built. And, yeah. But also kind of like, you're invested. Like, I felt a shift in your yeah. investment as a full-time employee 
not that you weren't invested before, but just like a different way of doing things, like a different way of communicating, a different way of having my back and Mm -hmm. taking things on. And, you know, I know a lot of our listeners are going to be like, wait, can you tell us like about how we get that investment from our people? But I think it was probably just because we were always having these conversations. Yeah. We were just super honest about it the whole entire time. And I mean, you knew what my goals were and I knew what your goals were. And we know together that we would figure it out. And I think too, I mean, we like you were kind of to circle back to like, you could have done it sooner, but I could have been salaried sooner. But remember, it was like work-life balance and the kiddos, like you were like, we, we waited until September. Mm-hmm. And Kylie, you were really good about being super clear. And I hope that like, if you're an employee that's listening to this, that needs to talk to your boss about something like this, like... They're really clarity is kindness. And we teach that in management, but it also goes the other way. Like if you're an employee and you can be really clear, like, you know, no, I don't want you to rush on this because it is my goal to stick to this timeline or yeah, you know, now that you're, I would like to say that probably it would make my life a little easier if we move this up a little, like what are some things I can do to help us get there? You Mm -hmm. know, like in small business, you can have those conversations, but I think the biggest thing you want to caution against is. Um, and we didn't talk about this too much at the time, but I just don't ever want the CEOs, the business owners or the managers that we work with to ever put any type of onus or responsibility or anything like that on your employee to feel extra pressure to on for the money side of the business, unless they're literally a salesperson, because that is a heavy burden that we have to take on and bear as CEOs. And I wanted to make sure that Kylie knew that, like you could do the math, you know, when it comes to how much money we make or when we sell packages or projects or whatever. So if you wanted to know, we can totally talk about it. But also like, I didn't want you to be burdened if like we weren't booking clients. I didn't want you to be like, oh my gosh, am I not going to get paid? Yeah. You know? So I wanted to be really intentional to like draw the line there of like, this is my responsibility. And like, that's your responsibility, but like, I got it, Mm -hmm. you know, like you stay focused on the clients and stuff like that. So I can stay focused on the sales and even during slow times or whatever, it wasn't, hopefully you weren't like super stressed. I always felt more supported and you were like, Oh God, it's slow. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, but then we like move on or start a different project or improve our client process or, you know, there's so much value that's added outside of just delivering stuff for clients. Yeah, absolutely. And I felt like we always, we were never in a spot to be like, oh no, we can't afford you. But I also didn't want you to think that. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. I get that question a lot. Like, do you tell employees about like the transparency of money? And I'm like, I would say I'm transparent, but like to an extent. Yeah. Like, I didn't want you to carry anything extra around. You asked me, you were like, are you, do you want to see the numbers? Like, do you want to have this conversation? And it was even after I was salaried. I mean, it was a couple months later right? Like a month or so later. And you're like, let's sit down if you want to do it. Like you made sure that I, it was something that wouldn't pressure me or make me feel like you're going to lose your job if we don't meet these numbers. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it was a very like intentional conversation that we had. And I, you know, we've built this like so much trust. And I will say like going from an hourly part-time employee to full-time salary, like there does, there is like another level of trust I felt that was like built between us of like openness and like getting deeper into the business and like really just like immersing myself into like, not just the client work, but like the, the overall goal of the company and like the strategy behind it. And like, you know, being like, okay, this is like a big turning point because I know that I am invest, you know, I am an investment with the company and I'm, and I'm going to do everything that I can to help wherever I can add value. And 
so it, I don't know. It was just, it was a, it was a really awesome pool, like time. Um, but then, yeah. Looking and then at were the, you totally like, holy shit, this is like totally different than I thought. Well. Because <laughs> I never actually asked you that. I was like, so are you having nightmares or what? Are you sleeping at night? Did you know about these taxes? <laughs> yeah, the taxes were big. I was like, wow. <laughs> I was shocked by California taxes and federal taxes. It's It's federal. I know. Yeah. No, it's, it's like about the same for every business. I mean, California is a couple percentage points higher, of course, but there's, um, yeah, I know Kyle's like, wow, California is crazy. I'm like, oh my God. But, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, it was, it was kind of a weird, it was a decision that was like really intentional, but I think that the reason And actually, I don't know that I would advise this for just any business, but I think that we are in a place where you, one of the things we do is not just, you know, and we'll, we'll touch on this. We're going to touch on some of the HR documents and stuff in a minute um, and how you've worked with them and things like that. But I think this episode is actually turning out to be a little bit different, which is cool. But um, because I don't think anybody wants to be like, hello, Kylie, please tell us about the handbook. But um, I think that was a decision that I made because we do profit planning. We help people figure out their margins, especially for online or remote based businesses that are Mm -hmm. service based. Like we got to know how much it costs to provide these services and how much we can pay our people. And, you know, that is our overhead. So if I'm running all these exercises with our clients, then you are going to have to or get to do that. Depending, you know, I always want to be positive or something. Um, but at that moment, it's sort of meta, like it's part of our services and it's part of what we do. So we are going like it make it made sense for me to be like, check out this example of us. Yeah. Like, let's talk about how our services play into our overall profit margins and like basically so that you can see that activity that we that I do for Paradigm to also work with our fellow business owners and you're seeing a lot of those things that go into their files and you're working with them so it was just a really good training opportunity it was but there's a, not very many businesses out there are like we help other businesses figure out their profit margins they can hire yeah. a team so like I don't know that like if you don't feel comfortable as a business owner sharing this with your people, that's fine. We just do it for a living. So it felt like a good opportunity without blowing up somebody else's business. And like also there's we create systems within our clients programs and services that give them power and autonomy to pull levers when they need to, to save money, to make money, to have a bigger capacity, to have a smaller capacity. So it's very empowering to look at that and see, look at what we could do for paradigm. Like, Mm -hmm. let's talk about our capacity. Like, let's talk about how much money we can make. Let's talk about how much money the company can make, like what opportunities this would bring for us, you know, like how we structure our services to be more strategic. And, you know, it all does boil down to those profit margins. So to me, it felt not just like, hey, take a look at all these taxes we have to pay (laughs) so that you don't think I should be paying you five times more money. (laughs) But also like, you know, this is, we can do little things as a team to create these bigger margins to have a bigger impact on the business. And that's what we teach other people to do. So having that like physical, tangible example, I think really bought, like kind of brought us in, brought you in a little more into like the buy-in and and also teaching you how to do it with other people, which yeah. is unique. You know, I always feel like we're kind of in a bit of a fishbowl because it's like, what if I was like <laughs> just this fucking terrible manager <laughs> and, and we're like, we build these amazing cultures. And like our copywriters are like, the you know, 
no toxicity. And then meanwhile, like, God knows, like, I'm like, you have to stay at my house. <laughs> <You know? laughs> if you want to come record here, this podcast you're with me staying now. <laughs> in the cat's room. No, it's like, literally, but no, uh, it is. But we cleaned it for anyway. Um, so, <laughs> but like, I think it's kind of like, it makes it puts us at a higher standard, because we have to be a better team, we have to be better communicators, we have to model the behaviors that we want to yeah. see in other businesses. And I'm not saying that we wouldn't do that anyway, but I think just this unique being intentional and like not forgetting that. Yeah, it's it's weird and weird because like, you know, it's kind of weird to be watched in so many from so many different angles. Yeah, not that so many people, are, you know, like, <laughs> Ooh, what's Kira going to do, <laughs> you know, or like, oh, Kylie, that's not a very good job. You know, <laughs> it's like, no, we're always making mistakes. Part of our culture. We want to make mistakes. We want to accidentally send an email twice. Like, we don't really care. I do. <laughs> like, we both do. And it's like, that's just because we give a crap. And we don't we aren't here to be perfect. And when our clients work for us, they're not getting perfection, but they're getting pretty damn close to it. And they also get a lot of open communication. And mm-hmm. it feels really good. Yeah. And I think that part of that is just the work that we've done to have a professional but, you know, egalitarian relationship and working and how far you can go with a really amazing employee like you don't have to have a team of 20 people yes that is very true kylie's just staring at herself in the mirror putting on lipstick yeah (laughs) i am tuning my own horn here (laughs) she's like god i'm so good (laughs) um but you that's what we do you know you we've seen businesses double triple quadruple in size with the ceo being able to take off months and months at a time with only a couple of employees you don't have to have a team or a fleet of people so yeah you did go to paris for a while yeah, I was in Paris for a week, yes. <laughs> but, like, even our other, like, mater- people that go on maternity leave. Like, yeah. our clients that hire one employee and they go on maternity leave and they take their time away. Oh. and Or the clients that we... Dixie, please, you're not in this. She is she in is, this. She is, yeah. That's my dog. Um, But generally, we just want... I don't know. I just think you can go really far if you're really focused and intentional and you treat people like humans and you care about what they want and they care about what you want and you des- you earn that respect, you know? Can we all tie this back to this all stems from your amazing job post? Okay, thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't be here with that job post. <laughs> God, what would you be doing? I wouldn't have clicked on the Indeed notification. What would I be doing? Because you said they... I don't know if you also lied about this, but... Uh, <laughs> I never lied. <laughs> you said that Indeed emailed said you. Me. Yes. Like, you might like this or yeah, something. Yeah, it popped up on my phone. I mean, it was... I was laying in bed, and it was like an Indeed email that came up, and it, it would give me, like, you know, HR jobs, and I was so over it. Like, I didn't even look ever, and then it just was like paradigm business consulting, we believe in Black Lives Matter, science, and all the things. And I'm like, whoa. And I, like, clicked and You're like, deeper. no one believes that in HR. <laughs> Everyone in HR is like, we what? love rules. <laughs> <laughs> and you said it's HR, but make it fun. And I was like, I am fun. So <laughs> I deserve to be here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, Not but. Not really. I'm really strange. <laughs> You were doing so good for a while there. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> Dropping it back up. Well, I know that this love fest is probably not that interesting to everyone, but I do think it's important and that we talk about what really goes on when you're building teams. And, you know, we're really lucky because we haven't had too many ups and downs, but I do think that in lieu of those ups and downs, there has been really direct and forward and mm-hmm. 
intentional conversations. There's time blocked out to have those conversations and on both sides, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even just not everything's about productivity. Like sometimes we just have a brainstorming kind of team meeting where we talk through things or we talk about ideas that we have, like, you know, where we don't have deadlines, you know, and we really are thinking about, I'll ask Kylie, like, I, you know, this isn't really in your job description, but I know you're interested in this side of the business. So like, do you want to work in that direction or before I'm like hiring our next employee and planning for them to do it? Cause I want to make sure that we are, doing things a little differently than everyone else. And like my, like Grace from Quench is always saying, doing business differently is like the whole point. Yeah. So exactly. I think that's, it's cool that we can, you know, you can start out as a HR marketing assistant and you can develop into a full blown like strategist with like tons of knowledge and information and then eventually move into like a COO or something like that kind of role within our company as it grows. But don't you write that down. <laughs> I just wrote it down. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that's the goal, right? Like we always have a path for people, but we're building it for them. We're not just like kind of plugging stuff into an org chart and hoping it fits. Like I've never wanted to have a bunch of employees in this business. So having people that that quality over quantity really works for my goals as a CEO. And that's how I think our business owners should think of it too. Yeah. And they can be the same. Employees' goals and employers' goals can be the same. They can go together, and that's all in the magic of management, you know? Communication, yeah. And I will say... Uh Uh-oh. I'm scared. (laughs) All right, I'm not saying it. No, say it, say it. (laughs) Well, I was going to just... I think that, like, what I really liked... Because, you know, being in a small business, you kind of sometimes feel like you have to have that, like, get it done, get it done. Like, what's next? Like, you were really intentional about, like, here is white space and, like, here's space for you to get creative or to take a course or to develop professionally a little bit by, like, telling me that you're really into ClickUp and you want to learn more about it, you know? So that's something that I really liked as an employee and that I didn't find, obviously, working in corporate or anything like that. And it allowed me to, like, take a deep breath instead of being like, oh, no, like, what's i'm chasing the clock yeah 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 because we built you know this our and this that is that is a good fit for you but there might be people out there that are just as exceptional employees that are not they want to clock in do their work be super fast be super efficient and then clock out and be done and that can maybe go with your culture that could even be somebody that is with our culture as well over time depending Mm -hmm. on what we want to offer them and i think part of it is that i knew that I needed to have a little bit of flexibility in the person that I was bringing in that I knew that I could screw up and, you know, kind of have these services that were evolving. And just all of a sudden, one month, we have eight clients where like normally we only have two clients. Oh, nine. Wow. Uh, Good for us. (laughs) And that my person would be my people, whatever would it would be like, you know, let's do it. But also like, why did you do that? But like, it really <laughs> kind of like, let's just go with it. Let's figure it out. Like, let's work together. Like, let's support each other. But also like, how could we be better next time? How was this like, you know, a, how was, what can we learn from this? Like, how can we create a situation where the next time we book nine clients in a month, it's smooth sailing and it's super fun and it's awesome. But, you know, we still get through the work. And I think that's part of the the thing is that I think people will maybe listen to an episode like this and be like, oh, because everyone always says, I want a Kylie, I want a Kylie. And I'm like, too bad for you, Saka. But um, <laughs> no, I'm really like, you. everyone can have a Kylie. You just have to 
hire correctly, hire intentionally. And that I think also kind of brings us into making sure that we have those foundations set and they are different Mm -hmm. than when everybody else out there is not, I don't want to say that in a blanket statement, but there's a lot of people out there talking about what do you need before you hire? And they'll say things like, oh, you need all your SOPs done, or you need all your labor margins mapped, or you need all these things. And really, I think the main thing is that you have to know what you want your culture to be. Mm-hmm. You have to give expectations to your employees of, that you're bringing in of, even if it's just what I told you, which is like, yes, we have all of our HR policies here, all of your rights here, all of your holidays, here's everything you need to do your job. And we're constantly developing, so things are going to evolve and change. And that's part of your expectation. But I think that when you have those HR foundations, your team inherently trusts that you have their back. Mm -hmm. And so once you – I can't believe that people will go through, like, hiring a first employee without – some of the documents we're going to talk about. And we'll keep it we'll keep it short and sweet because we're already at 30 minutes. <laughs> and I think this is probably a really fulfilling episode anyways. But um, I know that one of the things that – the reason that we wanted to have you on is because you do work with all of these things with these clients. And having that foundation, I think, is what helps you to kind of have a little bit more flexibility in figuring out how to do this. Yeah. But that foundation is not – it's not really up for discussion. <laughs> It's just kind of not like yeah. it's like if you talk to an attorney and they are they tell you there's no you need a contract like there's nothing there's no if ands or buts about it. That's kind of how we feel about HR and the back end of managing a team when it's time to have employees for the first time. Like not when you have contractors, you can mm-hmm. but you do need a lawyer for that, in my opinion. Um, make sure you have a good contract so you can protect yourself. But Definitely when it's time to have employees, you need to take that next step and make sure you have your HR stuff in order. So, Kylie, just let's just go through a couple quick questions, kind of like, um, I guess, sort of, you're looking at me like, what the hell are you going to ask me? Um, more like spitballing, <laughs> just like a couple little things to talk about some of the documents that we are always helping people with and that have made an impact in in how people are running their businesses. So first things first, an HR doc suite is essentially just a collection of documents that you use to manage your people, keep things consistent, keep documentation easy to do. Um, But the main one I think that everyone's always thinking about is the employee handbook. Yeah. Um, What do you think, like I know even in corporate and stuff, we kind of just blast past the employee handbook because it doesn't really tell us anything valuable, but we obviously do that differently here. Um, so what have you kind of observed about the impact of a handbook with some of our clients? Um, I mean, I would say the handbook and really in, we're talking corporate, if the the only time that ever we ever as an employee went to the employee handbook was whenever we were like, oh shit, like (laughs) (laughs) help me, you know, Mm. but like, that's what it is. I mean, the employee handbook, it's the foundations. It is the foundations of the company. It's the company culture. It is the, okay, like what are my expectations for my employees when they come in? Like, well, here it is. It's written down and on a 29 page, 30 page document that is going to clearly define and lay it out for your employees so they know that they have a place to go. You know, if there's something that feels not good because they have been working with a a client who's making them feel uncomfortable, well, we have a sexual harassment policy in place here. And you, as the employee and the employer, should use that handbook and lean into it and and figure out what the solution is at that point. I mean, it's just basically a... It's a roadmap. It's a road... Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking that when you said it, like, it's a roadmap to... Not to... Sorry to interrupt. No. Like, really plugging in, like, 
hey, this is important to us that you don't feel this way at work. So like what the handbook kind of just pulls everything together so that you can get your team can get resources if they need them Mm -hmm. without necessarily having to put themselves in a vulnerable position. You know, Um, there's a lot. The handbook does protect your company like head, like up, down, side to side, whatever you want to call it. It protects your company. It sets a standard, sets a precedent, sets a foundation. But how you use the policies in your handbook and how you interpret them and how you manage your team using them Mm -hmm. is what's going to create your culture. So I think that's that's a really good point that you made, like when you come down to like those really serious things. But there's also some kind of more fun things like it's like, oh, I don't really want to like I just had a kind of a weird conversation with my boss. Like I got in trouble. I've been kind of screwing up a little bit. Maybe now is not like a really great time for me to go over and ask if we get like July 3rd off this year because it's a Monday. But I kind of <laughs> need to know. So it's just like, well, you have access to know what you need in order to be a good employee, but also how to have that balance. And you don't always have to rely on having a conversation, especially if you're you're not always going to be 100% doing great at your job every second. Yeah. You know, you're not always going to want to have conversations with your boss about your vacation time. Like sometimes you want to just kind of do your job and be done with it, you know? Yeah. And also as a boss, being able to, not that I love that word, even though it's kind of the only one, but if anyone has any other words for being a boss, that'd be great. But um, (laughs) I think it's easier to be like, you know, what does the handbook say? Because I picked out all these policies and we put together our culture, but I cannot remember what we decided with that. Yeah. And it does take constant maintenance, but it gives you kind of something to stand on when it comes to having to make these documentations or when you have to correct behaviors for your employees. Like it gives you a foundation to kind of call back to and be like, see, look here, we told you this in orientation. I know Mm -hmm. it was a while ago. Like you can fix this behavior, but keep in mind This can't happen again. Like this is, or you made someone uncomfortable. We really don't want you to do that. Of course, it's not like we're going to drag this around forever, but just notice here in the no tolerance policy, it says that, you know, we can't be people that do that. And it kind of gives you a little bit of a way to have that conversation. And it helps employers lean into their policies, their, you know, the, the why behind it all. And it, it's a, it's a great space for employees to be able to figure it out and, Stand behind it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird because everybody's always talking about the handbook, and I'm always like, look, I'd rather you didn't have a handbook if you don't know what it means. Yeah. Like, if you just yeah. have some 85-page thing you downloaded from Up Council, yes. which, listen, I've downloaded all those handbooks. I've spent hundreds of dollars <laughs> because I want to make sure that we have the best possible thing. And I've looked through them. I've read them. Like, I actually think they're interesting, so it's really, like, honestly, like, it's been really... <laughs> I, trust me. Um, but it's, if it doesn't, if you, you are held to the same standard as the employees are, if you have them sign the handbook, you have to act in that way too. Yeah. So it is a responsibility. I'd rather you not have one at all than have something you just threw together. Yeah. Um, and then something pops up and you're like, well, I have no idea because I actually don't even know what these are. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's the big thing with us is, you know, understanding like the policies are being built around the culture around what it is that the um, what our clients want versus like oh yeah you uh have this 24 hour sick time yeah and we don't even know why we don't even know how to implement it or yeah. anything like that so yeah it's there's meaning behind there's it. a lot of meaning behind it there's so much and i know that like you know another thing the handbook kind of house is the main thing that you can jump off of, but there are a few other documents that we 
talk about a lot, especially when it comes to our our clients who are getting those foundations set. Like what are, I mean, you work so much with our clients and like, I'm not trying to say that I'm not involved, but, (laughs) but there's a lot, a lot of this is all you, which is why we wanted to do this episode. But, um, I guess the last thing I just want to like, sort of, we've already touched on all the other questions just naturally, but the last thing I wanted to talk about was just what are some of those things that you're always referring to? And we can link them, um, in our show notes because we have them in our shop. So what are some of the documents that we're constantly referring to when it comes to our clients after they're getting their kind of getting their feet wet and on the side of like documentation and their handbook is done and now they're managing people and you know that that happens the next day you have your orientation and now you're a manager so like it's not like it ends you know so yeah like what are some of the ones that come up a lot um, during these like in set to scale our membership or in our one on one conversations with clients. Um, I would say all um, employee performance management, um, you know, the performance evaluation form is huge. And I mean, to tie that into the employee handbook, you know, you, you have a really clear cut policy of like, okay, well, this is your 90 day introductory period. And then we're going to wrap that up with a performance evaluation. You've got the template here and, you know, it's a great time to really like, wrap up that 90 days and then an annual review you know you have you have that there in place to obviously talk about talk to your employee about what's been great what's not so great here's some goals to work on in the next six months but um it's also I mean I think with that it's really unique in the way that we built it because it's not just like here's the shit you do well and here's the shit that you need to do better it's like there's so many different elements in there that can be a jumping off point as a manager to speak to, you know, like there's not like, I know in orientation, we talk about this a little bit, but like your performance evaluation, what is when you're telling our new hires like about it, you usually say something like in the 90 day period, you're going to have this meeting and mm-hmm. or in the six months or the year or whatever the client decides is part of their culture. Some of them are more communicative. They have meetings every month, but they we know that they're going to have this template. We know that they're going to have this built out for that position. And you're setting up the employee to understand what's coming. And I think it would be cool for you, like when we talk about how you work with clients and the the documents that you're using that are built into their suites that we create for them, like what are, you know, some of the ones that come up the most? What we talk about in orientation uh, pretty heavily is the performance evaluation template. Um, we, you know, obviously have a whole policy in the handbook that talks about what the performance evaluation timeline looks like based on the company culture of that specific client. And then we roll it out and we have the conversation of, you know, at your 90 days, you're going to have a um, wrap up of your 90 day introductory period with a formal performance evaluation. Um, We know, you know, we get the template ready for that job specifically, but um, what I like to say with that is whenever we're talking in orientation is it's, it's not just, you know, performance evaluation meetings are not just a time to talk about, Hey, this is what you've done great. And this is what's not so great. It's also a time for you to talk to your boss, set aside time, set aside time to talk to your boss about your career and your aspirations and like what you love about your job, what you see yourself wanting to grow into. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a really great time to help 
develop your employees professionally and understand them on a on a deeper level than just like the day-to-day work that they are doing in and out which I think sometimes we mm-hmm. roll into you know it just kind of happens over yeah, yeah would... you do like you just get wrapped up in the company stuff and you forget that like your people need just as much nurturing and attention as yeah. your email list yeah you know <laughs> so it's like we want to make sure that we set you know what is going to come up in that review and you know what's expected of you and like meaning for the employee. Yeah. But also like we want to encourage them to embrace that their boss has invested time, energy and attention into creating a space for them to grow. And so bring those concerns to your evaluation, like talk about your goals and your career. And these businesses that we work with are so innovative. There's so many ways to add value and we just have to have our employees tell us what they really want. So we want to set that foundation. And I think a lot of our um, clients, that's a really good point. They do lean on that performance valuation, especially because we do customize them and they're not just like a lot of HR stuff out there is like blah, 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 whatever. But in this case, I think it's more about it's more human and it's mm-hmm. more about people and they're learning and they're, you know, being a good team member yeah. and giving a shit about their job. And if they don't, then, you know, let's get it out on the table. Just do your tasks. But like either we find a way to move you into something else. Like I've offered a lot of employees like you want me to help you find something else if this isn't the right fit. Like I'm happy to connect you. Like, you know, that's the way that work should be. It shouldn't feel so much like jail. And I think using that, not just like, oh, I'm going to evaluate you, but more so like opening up a conversation that's two-sided. Having a human conversation. Yeah. And I think it's really important too to remember that, you know, again, like we can get tied into like the day-to-day work and we're always delivering for the clients and we're always doing the back-end stuff. So it's just like really nice even from, you know, I was a manager, but then also an employee, like it is nice to have that time as an employee to be like, okay, we're going to focus on me and like my career. So even from an employee standpoint, I think it's really beneficial. And from, you know, in corporate, it was like performance evaluations. Oh God, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think that you can really have a human approach to it and make it a conversation and make it something really impactful, even if things aren't great. And there are some things within the evaluation where it's like, we really need to work on these, it can still be a really good conversation for mm-hmm. the manager, for the CEO, um, for the employee to just be able to take away from that conversation. Like, okay, they really do care about me. You know, it's not just the BS of the day-to-day work. Like were they, they're investing in me and, and what I want, what I enjoy, like how they can, can they, they want to develop me and in, in my future. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's a little bit of like the, some of the other docs documents in the HR document suite that we're kind of referring to today. Besides that is when we have things in there that are more negative, like mm-hmm. performance improvement type things, documenting for behaviors, having tough conversations, you know, there's plenty of podcast episodes about that stuff. And they're all all those documents that you will need to build out your own HR document suite are going to be in our shop. But I think that one thing that we want to do is always try to make sure that we're balancing out our resources, because you're automatically going to use the resources that you have invested in. So if you've invested in things like disciplinary action forms and stuff like that, make sure you're also investing in one-on-ones and making sure that you're spending time having real conversations with them and you're understanding what to talk about Mm -hmm. in those and what to ask about and, you know, how to build that relationship. And, you know, you and I are really different when it comes to like the way that we approach work or the way that we approach management. Like, for example, like I can go off the cuff and like you like to be more prepared. Like I have employees that 
at both all my jobs that are that way and not one is wrong and not one is right mm-hmm. but being able to have like a centralized path of managing your HR documents is going to keep everyone on the same page Mm -hmm. and it's also going to make sure that everyone's documenting things correctly. I mean, that comes up all the time. I think probably the other document you want to talk about is either something having to, I mean, I guess you can answer that question, but um, the one that comes up a lot is the change of relationship form because we do have people that go from contractor to employee and just like having a conversation and sitting down and establishing what that relationship looks like or how it's changing. Um, I feel like that's been pretty powerful. Do you think like that has come up a lot in working with our clients? Utilizing the change of relationship form? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think we use that all the time for so many reasons. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you're firing somebody, whether you're laying somebody off, whether you are converting somebody from an employee to a contractor, contractor to employee most most times, um, whether somebody is taking a leave of absence due to some unforeseen circumstance. It's something that we really advise our clients to lean into because you do need that documentation piece to know when the dates happened, why this happened. It's like it, It's just really helpful, I think, for the documentation purpose keeping everyone on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's one of the things that, um, I don't know, like I've been in jobs before where I was like, you're just writing me this email because you want to document what I said. Like, this is weird. You know, where that's not really, that didn't make me feel empowered or heard or seen or anything. It's just kind of, and I was young, you know, like, it's not like it was yesterday, but, (laughs) um, you know, back in my, in the good old days of like the early aughts. Um, actually I was like, not, I'm not that old, but, um, (laughs) you're really aging yourself. I know. I'm like back when I was 15, (laughs) (laughs) but realistically, like, I think that that one comes up a lot. Um, I feel like you're always, every time I'm watching you, you're just always recommending it to people, even just because it pulls people into a conversation where it's like defining what's going on and speaking the same language. Cause like, I can't tell you how many times I've done, we've done exit interviews where the person we're doing the exit interview with and the CEO or the their manager or whatever are telling me to totally different stories mm-hmm. and had there been a effort or an extra conversation or a different term terminology that was used that person would have continued working in that job and been happy and loved their job but we all make mistakes but I think at the end of the day like being able to kind of circle back and say like what did you hear you know what what are we establishing here like what do we need to make sure is in your file how do you want to be represented as an employee like that's the change of relationship is a great one if there is a change but also just that general piece of documenting like hey this is like what let me just you know I felt like we got a little off topic like what did you hear what did you hear me say like what 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 did you walk away with so I can Make sure I'm getting my point across. Or, hey, I heard this when we were talking the other day, like, but manager to, to employee, was that what you meant for it to sound like? Like, or, yeah. like, you know, we want to make sure that we're kind of getting things across. And sometimes that means revisiting it. Yeah. And that documentation can be really powerful for that. Um, it also keeps our checks, like, it keeps our biases in check. I'm not, you know, perfect. And there's a lot of times where I have bias against employees either because they suck or no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but like there's been times when I've had bias against employees where I've just really thought they were amazing employees. And then when on paper, I'm like, dude, this person's been late more than like every person I fired ever. Like I need to make sure that I'm staying, have my bias in check. So I'm documenting like 
you know, we have a great relationship or I trust them a lot with certain skills and that are really valuable to me. But like, that doesn't mean that they get special treatment. So we have to make sure we're documenting to keep those biases in line and change a relationship is good for that. And then also just in general, like having those tough conversations, circling back with like a summary email. Don't be afraid to ask those hard questions. If you get off a call or a a meeting with someone and you feel like it kind of went south, like, don't be afraid to like circle back a couple days later and say like, Hey, I just want to come back around. Like we've had some time to think about this. Like, how are you feeling about it? Yeah. What do you think? Like what did, what happened? <laughs> you know, like it doesn't have to always be so stuffy. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, that is a big, a big part of it, right? Just documenting. And I think that's a big thing we tell our clients all the time is like document, 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 because we're also busy employee and CEO manager, like you're, it's easy to lose track of time. It's easy to forget the conversations that were had. It's easy to forget the really great things that your employee did. It's really easy to f- forget about the bad things that they did, even though you usually, you know, come back mm-hmm. to those sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, documenting is huge. I feel like I always remember the bad things. I know I do too. That's kind of the thing I think that they haunt we, me at night. Yeah, we think not only. Oh, are you talking about for yourself? <sighs> yeah. Maybe. Oh, well, I <laughs> thought you were talking about for other employees. <laughs> Okay, I, yeah. No, I feel like even for ourselves, for others, like, we always remember the bad things more than we remember the great things. And documenting great, the good things is important, too. Like, we talk about this in our documentation training in our shops at Descale.com. But um, there's a lot to be said for taking the time to be intentional about the interactions that you're having with your team. And one of the ways you can do that is to, like, literally put it on paper, either in a Google Doc or something like that. Yeah. Um, And if you don't have an answer or you don't have a solution or you don't have like you don't walk away with like some kind of closure feeling like don't be afraid to to figure it out again there's probably something you can do in your communication that's a huge thing of what our membership is for like Mm -hmm. I feel like we're missing the mark here like can we talk through this so I can really get the point across or what language can I use that's helpful that's where like organizational psychology comes into play which is half of HR basically (laughs) Um, but just even the way you approach things or hey I've scheduled you a time with our HR rep because I feel like we're missing the mark here and I'd love to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to get you the resources you need from a neutral perspective so that you can we can make sure that you're happy and you stick around you know we're not yeah me and Kylie great friends although you know not like publicly um (laughs) great I mean we've gotten to be very close friends and we've had to be very intentional about you know making sure we have some boundaries word of the year breaking down minute by minute um (laughs) but you know there's a lot we have a lot of respect mutual respect for each other and I think that you can build those relationships with your team too, even if you don't have so much in common. We have like so much, we have so much in common, it's crazy. Yeah. We even had the same picture. We had the same <laughs> picture on our office wall. Like when I met her, I was like, oh my God, I have that on my wall. Or you said it to I me, said I think. It. Sorry. Oh my God. I mean, we're confusing who I am. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so, and it was like literally so random too. It's not like a, it wasn't a Target. No. It wasn't a Target. It was, it was, it was home goods. It was, yeah, it was home goods. Yeah. And we both worked at a college. Like it was just weird. We both worked at a college previously. Both of our moms are in nursing, yeah. medicine. Both of us, I don't know, we have other stuff too. Both um, of our names start with K. And Taurus and Capricorns get along really well, so. Yeah, Taurus. You are, your accent is crazy. Oh <laughs> the only thing is you say avocado. Avocado. That avocado. Is, I'll have the avocado to, I'm literally like, get out of California. Um, she's never bringing me back. She's sending me to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you love it there. Yeah. 
I just I'm found get out my about gyros there. <laughs> oh right, gyros. Okay, yeah, you do say we gyros. Pull this. Okay, yeah. So if you listen to this episode, please let us know. Go to our Instagram and leave a comment. What do you call a euro? <laughs> gyro. Is it? Do you say gyro or do you say euro? If anybody says euro, I am gonna just. Everyone's gonna say euro. <sighs> Please come to Instagram and let us know. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I hope this was helpful. We'll include all the links. And um, thank you to our editor for editing out all the weird stuff that we did. (laughs) Thank you to Kylie for... Oh, and thank you to Kylie for being here and going out of her comfort zone to record this with me. I hope it was helpful and inspirational. And I hope you don't quit by the time this airs because I'm super awkward. Okay, you heard you heard it here first. Okay, bye. <laughs> Everyone's gonna say Euro. Please come to Instagram and let us know. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I hope this was helpful. We'll include all the links and um thank you to our editor for editing out all the weird stuff that we did. <laughs> thank you to Kylie for Oh, and thank you to Kylie for being here and going out of her comfort zone to record this with me i hope it was helpful and inspirational and i hope you don't quit by the time this airs because i'm super awkward (laughs) okay you heard you heard it here first okay bye if you're listening to this you've stuck with me for this entire episode and for that i say thank you i hope you found as much value in this week's topic as i do If so, be sure to follow, rate, and review on the Up and Up podcast. You'll be helping others find the fun in HR too. Follow us on social media and join us next Wednesday for your weekly dose of On the Up and Up.